first. Yeah. Where are you? I'm, I'm here. Okay, yeah, no, I wondered if that was you that I was looking at. Yeah. Brilliant. So, question for you. Yeah. Where did Great Auntie Beatrix keep the raisins? Mm. Why, you may ask. Answer, I tell you, I am going to make spotted dick. Mmm, spotted I... dick. Okay, like, I'm, I'm very pleased that you're going to make spotted dick, because, mm. I, I, you know, I love spotted dick, but I don't know oh. where she kept the raisins. Why not? Well, I, I don't know everything. Like, why don't you just ask her? Well, well because... Because she's dead. Why should that stop you? But that makes things a bit difficult, no, doesn't it? No, just go and use the staircase to hell that we've got in the cellar. We've got an entrance to hell in our cellar? Yeah, obvious. Hang on, did I not tell you this? No, no. All oh, right, yeah, sorry, I found it, like, about two weeks ago. We've got a stairway to hell in the cellar. This is really exciting. Can I see it? Yeah, I'll show you. Come, come, look, it's just down here. We're getting ready to go now. To spend some time with man Here we go, Howard. This is the never-ending staircase to the underworld. The entrance to hell is at the bottom. Oh, crikey. Right, here we are. What? I thought you said it was never-ending. Yeah, it is, you know, if, if you keep going up and down it forever. Right, okay, well, come on then. I suppose we better get started. Uh, well, listener, while we walk up and down the four steps on the never-ending staircase to the underworld, why don't you listen to some sketches that we did? Excuse me, sir. Hello, hello. Do you have the time? No, I'm afraid I don't have the time. You don't have the time, and yet you seem to have all that money. I've got, I got 45p. 45p is a lot of money to some people. It's a lot of money to me, I hear. And just how much of that money are you going to use to save poor children? Well, not, not of this for the Poor, innocent, sweet little children, free of sin, who still have a chance to get through life without ever doing no sin. I, 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 I keep this money if that's real. What's your name, Mr. Tramp? Hobo Joe. Well, Hobo Joe, I've got another little deposit for you. In the face. Sam and Adley Cynthia. She has got it in for you. If you are a senior. Bullets into you. Seven deadly, seven deadly, seven deadly, seven deadly, Cynthia. Right, do you think that's enough? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, my knees are killing me. Come on, let's go and check in at that reception desk over there. What, the one with the big red slimy demon sitting behind it? The very same. Here we are. Hello, mortals and 
Welcome to hell. I am Begon, gatekeeper of the secret doorway to the abyss, lord of the damp, scary places, prince of the burning nether regions. It's nice that we've had the chance to engage with theology on such an intelligent level, isn't it? Yeah. Which one of you is Susie? What? Susie! She was supposed to pick me up ten minutes ago. I suppose she got held up on the never-ending staircase or something. Who's Susie? Is she your girlfriend? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, not yet, anyway. I met her on an intimate dating site. Tonight's our first date. She's taking me to see the ABBA musical. I already appreciate her understanding of unendurable torture and anguish. Hang on, Mr. Big Red Man. Let's just reel this back a second here. Did you use real pictures of yourself? Yes! Well, sort of. In the sense that I embody evil, and evil is a part of every human being. And so, therefore, I am a part of George Clooney, whose pictures I actually use. Mister, what are you going to do when she arrives? Do you not think she'll notice the difference? Yeah, one of the first things you notice about George Clooney is that he's not a 12-foot slimy demon with massive spikes coming out of his face, isn't it? I'm prepared for that. Earlier, I went down into the torture chambers, found a man who looked a bit like George Clooney, and ripped his face off. How do I look? You look like a giant red monster with someone's face draped over him. Do women like that? Oh yeah, after sensitivity and a sense of humour, it's what every woman wants. Excellent! Then at last, after millennia of sitting at this desk, I, Bigon, will finally get my end away. Say your name, Bigon. Hello, my name's Bigon. <laughs> You can't laugh at me, mortals. I will make you pay for your insolence a thousandfold. Slow your ponies, big on. We're not damn souls. You can't do anything to us. But you will be. And in the eternity of hell, a lifetime passes in a moment. Then I will cut off your eyes and swap them with your trouser pudding. We just want to see our great Auntie Beatrix. She's down here somewhere with the Nazis. Visiting hours are from four to six in the afternoon. That's what time it is. No, it isn't. It is in Korea. Yeah, surely hell is under everywhere, so it should be in all time zones, really, isn't it? In hell, we have a special room for people like you. Does this special room have biscuits in it? Look, big on. can we go in or not? Yes, yes, you can. But there is a price. When you leave through this gateway, one of you will forfeit a part of your... Soul. I've got a question. Which part? What? Which part of his soul will one of us lose? I don't know the middle bits. Okay, which one of us will lose it? It shall be... That one. Me? Well, that's all right then. No, it isn't. I don't want a soul with a hole in it. Why not, Rufus? I mean, after all, it will match your shirt. <laughs> the Nazi zone is on level 8,463. You may take the elevator. Yeah, good one, big on. You should send that into the Ha Ha Bunk joke book. Can you send things into a book? Perhaps I should have told them that it's a one-way elevator. Ah, well, I suppose they'll find out soon enough. Um, hello. Are you big on? Yes, yes, hello. Ah, you must be Susie. Tell me, Susie, do you like this face, or shall I go and get another one? <laughs> Well, here we are in a lift going down. <laughs> yes, and while we stand here in this very hot lift going down, um, why don't we find out what Mr Fluck's been up to since we sacked him a couple of weeks ago? Do we have to? Yeah, we're contractually obliged. I don't think we quite understand the concept of sacking, have we? <laughs> sack him harder next time. Yeah, let's, let's sack him right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> 
Working at a butcher shop. Would you like some meat, sir? I, I'd like to buy some chicken legs, please. Would you like some sausages? Yes, you would. You like some sausages? I, no, I'd, I'd like to buy some chicken legs. If that's um, okay. Would you like? Would you like two? I, 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 uh, is that two sausages or chicken legs? Oh, is that not enough sausages? I, I want chicken legs. How many do you want then? Uh, uh, two, please. Another sausage. No, 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 no sausages. Just chicken legs. All right, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you twelve sausages. I, I don't want any sausages. I, I'd like two chicken legs. What do you want to eat them quite quickly? Because they will go off. Well, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm only eating off sausage because it's. It's gonna make you do do what? Do all sicking. I don't want sausages. Doing dumping like, at the same time. But I don't want to do uh, any of these things. Okay, yeah. Here, you have some bacon. I don't want bacon either. I don't eat pigs at all. Oh, hello, miss. H- who are you speaking to now? Welcome to my butcher well, shop. Just, just there's only me here. You look very pretty. What, what meat can I give you? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in a doctor's surgery... Doctor, doctor, I've got a problem. What is your problem? I can't stop eating swans, doctor. You're eating swans? I am eating swans, doctor. I thought you were looking a bit swan in the face. No, wait, no, wait, it's, oh, it's down in the mouth. Down in the mouth? Oh, I can't believe... I've been waiting for an opportunity like this my whole life and I get it wrong. Oh, get out of my office, you absolute quack. No, that's a, that's a word for a doctor. I'm the, I, you should have said that. Oh, get out. I can't catch a break. Next, please. Doctor, doctor, I've got a terrible problem. What is your problem? I'm convinced that I'm a pony. Don't worry. You're probably just a small horse. No, a little horse. You're probably a little horse. Oh, not again. It's two in one day. Meanwhile, in the waiting room... Excuse me, I'd like to have a different doctor, please. That doctor is absolutely rubbish. He did not help me with my problem at all. Exactly what is your problem, sir? Swans. I can't stop eating swans, shoving them down my gullet. Do you mean you eat more swans than you necessarily need to stay alive? Exactly that. Seven deadly, seven deadly, Right, Doctor Who the film came out and I was a big Doctor Who fan it hadn't been on air for a long time yeah. and so um, no, Doctor Who had finished hadn't it with Sylvester McCoy it finished and then Hollywood decided Mr Hollywood yeah. he decided to remake it yeah it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge success it was it on TV but you didn't wait for it did I you I did not wait I found that they were selling it in Blockbuster Video which yeah. is a shop that used to exist um, it got progressively worse as it went along and then at the end of it Paul McGann kissed a woman so yeah. I cried <laughs> and then <laughs> and I phoned I phoned my dad and I made him drive all the way from Colville to London to pick me up and take me home Excellent. where I could recuperate. And what also was there, yeah. and Doctor Who was on on that, and I watched it again. <laughs> it wasn't as bad the second time round. And now, uh, and now, as we know, it's one of our favourite Doctor Who episodes yeah, ever. Yeah, we love it now. It's brilliant. <laughs> I think there's a lot in. I mean, I think there's a lot. Uh, there's a, this is a, there's a deep explanation about your life in this story mm. that you were a, like a sensitive and emotional teenager and young man, and then the Doctor Who movie happened when you're about like 
Let's not go into that. <laughs> Let's not go into how old we are. And then you were an, an emotional um, teenager yeah. who went to university very, very young. <laughs> yeah, I did when I was two. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was a very clever child. Yeah. I don't and know what happened. You were an emotional teenager, and then the Doctor Who movie like broke you. Did. Um, and and really, really, you know, it was a breakdown. It was a, it was an it emotional was. breakdown, and you needed help um, from a, a strong father figure, and so you chose your father. I did choice, and then afterwards, it was it was a process of rebuilding yourself. That's right. But you rebuilt yourself as an emotionless dimwit, <laughs> <laughs> who yeah. who just who exists yes, for because, laughs and think, nothing else. Well, like I said, like uh, I think um, I only think I only remember this because you said this is what I said was that um, that um, that I considered at the end of my childhood childhood like you know all, all, all aspects of childhood were gone in innocence that evaporated yeah, yeah. and, and uh, so I became be- a man and that's why I became a dimwit <laughs> without emotions without emotions yeah, that's, because that, that is the is, definition, that's the definition of a man, of a man. yeah I think the same thing happened to me when I moved to the Canary Islands. Not in exact, not in the same way, but basically before. What I you moved... cried and rang my dad up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically I moved to the Canaries. I so remember that. Move. I remember that phone call. <laughs> I was like, "Don't go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your dad leave had, him there. Your dad had to come to Tenerife and get me. Right, let's, let's go and find Great Auntie Beatrix, shall we? Let's follow this sign that says Nazis this way. Mm. The Man by a Cow podcast will be back after this commercial break. Now available in the shop, everybody's favourite Man by Cow cover band. Boy Cell Duck, with covers of all your favourite Man by Cow songs. Now made so much worse, it makes you shout to your radio and gets your cheese so far off you've got to go to space to fucking eat fondue. Who could forget such classics as... Love Christmas? Enjoy watching your family swell up and die. Amused when people run round in circle going slap slap on their own faces? This Christmas, why not kill someone close to you by buying them an evil advent calendar? Imagine your little Timmy's face when he opens the first door not to be confronted by some chocolate, but to be confronted by a bee. That's right. A killer bee a day for 24 days. One bee? Not so bad. Two bees? Still okay. 24 bees? Christmas is going to be cheap and cheerful this Christmas. No need to buy presents for anyone except for an evil advent calendar. Only £15,000 each. Get my bees! Warning, bees trapped in calendar will die. Christmas is coming. But it won't be Christmas for this radish. Radishes don't have a concept of Christmas. This radish has never sat on Santa's knee. 
It's never woken up on Christmas morning, rolled down the stairs, and opened a very strange shaped stocking to find a biscuit in it. But with just five pounds an hour, you can help Christmas very special for this radish. Radishes, they don't have Christmas, and they don't need it. The fishy wishy live in the sea, 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 and the birdie waddies live in the tree, tree, tree. And somewhere in between, upon the grassy grass, Papa Cow eats them for their tea, tea, tea. And now, Man by Cow Industries proudly present a brand new, entirely original comic book creation, The Unbelievable Big. Peter Blackard is a scientist, a good scientist, who does all experiments and stuff. Hey, laboratory assistant bloke, pass me that petri dish, would you? I've got some science to do. But one day, the army are testing a big bomb thing. They don't notice that there's a kid there in a car. My buddies thought I wouldn't have the guts to sneak past the guards. They won't call me a count again after I get blown up by a G-bomb. How did a kid get on the bomb test site? I better get out there and save the little drongo. Peter Blackard puts the the kid in a fridge! Get in the fridge, mate. It'll protect you from the nuclear blast. But there's only room in a fridge for one. Unless it's a double fridge, which on this occasion it isn't. It's a single fridge! Holy bananas! I right wish this was a double fridge. Peter Blackard gets all irradiated and stuff. I got gamma all down me trousers. The next day, when Peter's making breakfast, he discovers there's no jam left for his toast. Oh, fuck. He's so upset that he goes all green and bigness occurs. He has become the unbelievable big. From that moment on, Peter Blackard has to live with the knowledge that every time he gets feelings up him, he will become the unbelievable big. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Mr. Blackard, I don't like anyone when they angry. See now? Seven deadly. Seven deadly. Seven deadly. You're listening to it now. How are we doing that? Could it be a recording? Could it be a recording? Well, no, it isn't. How could that be? Because they used a time machine. Okay, everybody. If, uh, if you're like me, uh, you're in the zoo. And here we are. I'm going to take you on a little tour now of the zoo. If you take a look to your right there, you'll see we've got some monkeys. And uh, now if you take a look over here, um, these are some of my favourites. Uh, having a little swim there, it's the old penguins. Um, sometimes I like to throw them a fish, and uh, they seem quite grateful about that. Sometimes, however, if I throw them uh, some chips, they're not so impressed, and they tend to leave those. I'm grateful, some people would say. Uh, so I say to the penguins, if you if you eat your fish, you can leave your chips. Uh, I don't know why I keep throwing them chips, actually. They never eat the chips. Um, okay, over here, this is a rhinoceros. Uh, you can tell it's a rhinoceros because it's got a great big nose and, and feet. Now, over there, we're entering the, the bird enclosure. These are some birds. Uh, that one there, that's called a parakeet. This one's, a, this one's called a parrot. 
And this, this funny looking, this funny looking bird here, that's called a macaw. Uh, now the macaw, of course, is from Macaw in Scotland. Ha, just having it on there, that's a little joke. It's not really from Macaw there's no such place as that. And finally, we come to the most rare segment of the tour. Okay, everybody, let's all, let's all shush down now. Somebody's trying to get some sleep. Uh, here we have the last remaining in the entire world after a recent spate of shootings, the very last of its kind, the only living sloth. Sinner! Okay, well, don't worry about him. This is a pig. Seven deadly Cynthia. Our models are quite simply If you eat too much dinner, shoot it up and kill it. Seven deadly, seven deadly, seven deadly, seven deadly. Great Auntie Beatrix! Oh, my boys, my boys, come in, come in and give her auntie a lovely kissy whist on her nosy woes. I'd rather not, Auntie, your face is on fire. Yes, that's one of the punishments for being a big old racist. They set your skin on fire forever. But I'll tell you the worst thing about hell is all the bloody immigrants. Seriously, I doubt this place is more than 40% British. You haven't given up on the racism then? Not much point, really. It's not like they're going to extinguish my face. You see, this is the trouble with a punitive rather than a rehabilitative system. Yeah. So, you've come to join me at last, have you boys? Oh, how lovely. Did you bring cake? Hold on, why isn't your skin on fire? Uh, we're not racists, Auntie, we're normal. <gasps> And we're not dead. Then what in the name of Satan dildo are you doing here? We couldn't find the raisins. They're in the raisin cupboard. In the jar. Marked raisins. Yeah. See, I was thinking we probably should have looked there first, but yeah. then, you know, the thought of a trip to hell. Yeah, it's just, we got a bit caught up in things, didn't, didn't we? And then there was big on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, actually, Auntie, that's a point. Is there another way out of here? Because, like, if we go back through Big On's... <laughs> <laughs> if we go back through Big On's gateway of reprobates, or whatever it was he called it... His reprogate. Yeah, yeah, if we use that, I'm going to get a hole in my soul. Well, dear, at least it will match your shirt. Oh, Auntie. <laughs> Please. Goodbye, Auntie. Sharp, Howard. Oh, look who it isn't. Have you boys met Hitler? What? Hello, it is me, Hitler. Do you want to shake my fiery hand? No, thanks, Hitler. Okay, perhaps you would like to pull my finger. No, no that's, that's okay. okay. Or maybe you want to smell my cheese. Auntie, why are you introducing us to Hitler? Dear old Hitler is the man to know. He's got a magic ring. Hello, it is me, Hitler. Would you like to rub my magic ring? Not, Not really. Hitler's magic ring is the only the way out of hell. If you rub his ring, it transports you back to the surface. What, by magic? No, by science. Magic science with wizards on it. But hang on, if this is true, it opens up some pretty alarming doors. You know, the type with Uncle Mick behind them saying, hey, Rufus, have a taste of this. Does this mean that Hitler can get out of hell whenever he wants to? Oh, yes. And apparently he's been doing quite well masquerading as the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Hello, it is me, Gideon Osborne. Would you like to fondle my austerity package? So, we, hang on, we've got a choice of either rubbing Hitler's ring... <laughs> 
or me losing part of my soul. Well, it's a long walk back up to the exit, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's go with Hitler. Hooray! Ruth, we're back! Oh, yeah. But wait, where's Hitler? I don't know. Oh, wait, hang on, there he is. He's on TV. Chancellor of the Exchequer had this to say. Hello, it is me, Hitler. I mean, George Osborne, not Hitler. The only way to save the economy is by ensuring that nobody makes anything and no one has any money to buy anything and nobody got a job and no benefits. So everybody starved to death until, in the end, it is just me, Hitler, I mean George Osborne, standing in Oxford Street and selling myself the same yogurt over and over again. I am an expert at anechonomics. Ruth, you I must want to watch this. To Turn us over, please. And now on Channel Funky 5, it's back to the 70s with a pop-funk classic by Little Johnny Doo and the Dewberries. Oh, yes, baby. Hey there, Mr. Groovy Man. Tell us how it all began. I was funking down the street on my pair of funky feet. I spied a chick across the road. She made my funky balls explode. I took her on a dinner date and then she let me lick her plate. My knees got dirty and quite sore because the plate was on the floor. You make me feel like a big, massive man. What you do about that? Let's cook a sex omelette in my sex frying pan. We'd be happy to have funky sex on you and do our lady splooge inside your man frou frou. Ah, yeah. She wanted to get married first. I took her to a funky church. We exchanged vows in front of God, and then I quickly shot my wand. I said, "Baby, that's okay. We'll throw this pair of pants away." We tried again an hour later. She ate my cock like mashed potato. I like your breasts and I like your legs. I also like your wings and eating your eggs. down the door and knocked me to the funky floor. They gave me quite a funky kicking because my wife's a funky chicken. Now I'm standing here in the dark. Hey judge, you're telling me a chicken can perch on my cock. They put me in prison for the rest of my life. Today at lunchtime, they fed me my has put you in the mood to listen to a high-stakes detective adventure written by us, then don't worry, because we've got you covered. This is 
The Greg Pinchleaf Adventures are now part of the Worst Writer in the World podcast. Shall I tell you what I think? I think if it looks like a tree and quacks like a tree, <laughs> it's not a tree. <laughs> what you're looking at is a duck. <laughs> Including Greg Pinchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. It was hot, stupid and rubbish, thought Greta Titi. <laughs> Greta Titi was an enigma. <laughs> Even to himself, he didn't know how he'd gotten here, he couldn't remember where he came from, and he had no idea who he was. What a fucking idiot! (laughs) We gave powers to Gret and seven others. We wanted to create a superhero team to defend against the crabs. One could fly, one could go invisible, one had a really big hammer and came from space. <laughs> Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the complicated head. Who's Gret Binchleaf? <laughs> said Gret Binchleaf. He's a time-travelling, universe-jumping, cyber-Hitler-defeating ace detective who's been killed at least eight times, become a god twice, and is afraid of nothing. Being, as you are, a renowned history teacher yourself. See chapter one. And also, a world-famous detective. See absolutely no chapter. <laughs> Brett Binchleaf and the adventure of the very bad dog. It's a massive three-headed dog from outer space, Gretch. There was a thunk, rattle and roar, and Gret Binchleaf burst from the corpse of the vessel. Clambering out, he looked about the sandy landscape and gasped, eyes boggling at the terrifying sight before him. He dropped to his knees. You maniacs! He yelled to the skies. You blew it up! Damn you! God damn you all to hell! Monkey! <laughs> yelled Gret as he ran down the street. Monkeys have taken over! That must have been way longer than I thought because everyone's a monkey now! Monkeys! Monkeys hadn't taken over. In fact, Gret had seen someone with a beard and overreacted. <laughs> You're probably thinking, for Gret Benchley. He's far too cool and handsome to care about equalness. All these stories are available now or are coming soon. Free on the Worst Writer in the World podcast. We just don't have the manpower to protect our papal congregation from an immortal murder skeleton. (laughs) Please send help as soon as possible. Love and kisses from Cardinal John Penis. Grip Binchleaf's medieval detective agency had only been called upon to undertake six cases. Grip Binchleaf and the adventure of the missing keys, ooh, I left them in the fridge, what am I like? <laughs> Grip Binchleaf and the adventure of the missing spectacles that are on your head, love. <laughs> and Grip Binchleaf and the adventure of the slightly wet dog <laughs> had all been resolved with minimal effort. And in one case, a towel. <laughs> Greg Binchleaf Stories by Rufus and Howard. Available now on The Worst Writer in the World. There's two things to know about Greg Binchleaf. One, he never removes his hat. And two... Actually, I may have overreached myself. But two... <laughs> <laughs>